Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're reading the entire Bible together, book by book, chapter by chapter. Today, we're looking at Joshua chapter 14. And this is, I really like chapters like this. It's a shorter chapter, only 15 verses. And, you know, you're, you read this and sometimes you're kind of like, oh, I don't know. It's all just kind of like summary. Don't we know all this stuff already, right? Nothing really interesting going on here. Well, but the thing is, there's all these little details, and it's really helpful to have these chapters to kind of take a step back and look at the big picture and see how all the pieces are fitting together, you know, because there's a design in all this. It's not just kind of this mindless progression of this thing, then this thing, then this thing, right? God's got a plan, and these are the cool chapters where we get to see a little bit of what that plan uh, looks like. And we get to have a few moments also to kind of dive into the language itself, you know, and um, some of the actual uh, Hebrew verbs and things like this anyway. So that gets me excited anyway. Um, also exciting, we have, um, as mentioned last week, uh, one of our guests here making an appearance. We've got the Reverend Dr. Alfonso O. Espinosa, senior pastor at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Irvine, California. Welcome back, Dad. Good to have you again with us uh, one more time before you go into to full-on uh, writing of the book mode. <laughs> Thank you so much, Pastor AJ. I, I happen to already be on that full-on writing book mode. I, I, I do have to come up for air, though, so well, <laughs> this is good for me. This is, this, this is a good thing. It's a, it's, it's a holy distraction. That's right. That's right. Before you go into it any deeper, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> there's, but, there's more to life than just writing books. Yes. I, I As someone writing a dissertation, I, I try to remember that often. Uh, and <laughs> right. So we've got chapter 14 here. This is, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a shorter chapter here, but I mean, I, I do think it is a really helpful moment where the perspective here is bigger. It's It's not just uh, the last few battles. It's not just kind of like the things going on. I mean, I mean, really, ultimately, this goes into a perspective of, of years and years and years. Right? I mean, we get the statement that, that Caleb at this time is 85 years old and he like breaks down the years of his life. So a rather big perspective here, right? Right. And, and I want to be like Caleb when I'm 85. Uh, the, <laughs> the, the dude was strong and, uh, yeah. And and I, I really appreciate God's providential timing again because you know this this is uh, our our talk today is coming is flowing from the the festival of the week of purification the purification of Mary and presentation of our Lord last Sunday right and uh, we have some common uh, themes going on you know purification presentation about blessing and uh, Jacob has uh, a blessing upon Caleb and. Um, in, in the way the Holy Spirit had, pur had purified Caleb, uh, who, who was uh, wholly uh, dedicated to the Lord. He, he wholly followed the Lord, as this text says. Um, may I offer a prayer? Yes, certainly, please. Let us pray. This, again, is the uh, prayer for the uh, purification of Mary and the presentation of our Lord, as we are still in, in the week that celebrates it. Let us pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty and ever-living God, as your only begotten Son, was this day presented in the temple in the substance of our flesh. Grant that we may be presented to you 
with pure and clean hearts. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Yeah, thank you for that. And yeah, the connection, I mean, that's a good one. It, it is interesting. It says that in the text as, as kind of like a, a summary, a, a narrator summary, right? Like it's not like said by one of the characters in the story, but there in verse 14, it, it does say that Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the, the Kenizzite to this day, because he wholly followed the Lord. And that is a, that is a, that is a really... I mean, it stands out because um, I don't think there's actually many places in the Old Testament where that comment gets used, actually, that someone like holy um, followed the Lord. And so when we get to that, um, it'll be good to kind of talk about that phrase and what exactly is going on there. But um, certainly there's this idea that continues from there through the purification of the mother of our Lord and his presentation to our Lord's Beatitudes, um, you know, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. There, uh, there, there is this theme there. Not that none of us, not that any of us, are uh, pure on our own, but as you said, that there is a kind of uh, purity that is a gift of God for the sake of the neighbor. So, amen. Yeah, amen. Good, good stuff. Good themes. So, let's let's go ahead and get things started with just the first, perhaps five verses here, it sets up the situation. Um, we can ask ourselves the question of um, how this logically follows what we had last time in uh, chapter 13, which, um, you know, in its own way was was also kind of a, a summary looking back on things, wider perspective chapter, but um, perhaps even bigger here. Uh, but so yeah, just these first five verses. Uh, beginning here with the first verse of Joshua chapter 14, ESV. These are the inheritances that the people of Israel received in the land of Canaan, which Eleazar the priest and Joshua the son of Nun and the heads of the fathers' houses of the tribes of the people of Israel gave them to inherit. Their inheritance was by lot, just as the Lord had commanded by the hand of Moses for the nine and one-half tribes, for Moses had given an inheritance to the two and one-half tribes beyond the Jordan, but to the Levites he gave no inheritance among them, for the people of Joseph were two tribes, Manasseh and Ephraim. And no portion was given to the Levites in the land, but only cities to dwell in, with their pasture lands for their livestock and their substance. The people of Israel did as the Lord commanded Moses. They allotted the land. All right. So, similar to what we have had in the last two chapters, 13 and even 12, right? It, it starts off as kind of like a, like a new chronicle or section, right? Like chapter 12 was like, you know, these are the kings of the land whom the people of Israel defeated or, or kind of had defeated, right? Um, and then in chapter um, 13, we kind of get these other kinds of accounts, right? So it seems like these are kind of like, a, you know, taking, taking a step back, it's kind of interrupting the narrative flow um, you know, which which kind of, in a lot of ways, ended at the end of chapter um, eleven, right? And so, and so, this is uh, really already signaling to us that we're kind of in a different mode. We're not just telling the story, but we're reflecting on it now, right? Well, yeah, yeah. It uh, <clears throat> is also very appropriately um, uh, made distinct uh, the way you described, also because. 
let, let's take pause and, and soak in the fact that, uh, and this is no minor point, the, the Lord has come through on his promise. Uh, this has been something that the people of God have looked forward to um, throughout the Pentateuch and and now going into the next section of the Old Testament. Uh, God has kept his promise. And, and, uh, you know, last week we talked about the uh, tremendous uh, forces against the people of God. Um, And and so there was room for for doubt along the way. Uh, Is this really going to happen? Is this really going to play out? And, and here you go. Uh, it, it has. Uh, God has kept his promise. The Lord allots the land, uh, allots the land to Israel. And here, uh, what we're considering today, we see it actually being carried out. This allotment is being carried out before our eyes. So we take pause to give thanks and praise to God that once again he shows he keeps his promises. And in, in the New Testament church, we should rejoice that we are encouraged through this chapter and know that God will indeed keep his promises for us as well. Right. Thank you. I think that you're right. The uh, the theme of, of God's faithfulness is strong in this chapter, and that's that's really what you get when, when Caleb, he's about to enter into the scene here, um, when he steps forward. I mean, really, everything he says is just testimony to God being faithful and keeping his promises. And so we, we have this, this section here, everything should sound very familiar. Uh, we were looking at numbers not that long ago, and all this stuff is pretty much just like straight out of what was said in in numbers and uh, perhaps Deuteronomy. But yeah, I mean, it's it's God just following through with what He said, and so none of this is new. Um, everything with like the the nine um, tribes plus the one half of Manasseh that's on the west side, and then the other two tribes plus the other half of Manasseh on the east side, um, the the Levites only being given cities. Um, they don't have like land of their own. So all, all this, very, very familiar, um, but as a way of re- reflection and uh, giving glory to God by way of focusing on his faithfulness. And, and also the way of some parallelism and foreshadowing, the uh, Old Testament Joshua, Jesus, um, leading his people, leading God's people into the promised land. And um, Caleb, uh, perhaps foreshadowing um, the rest of God's people who are with Joshua, Jesus, uh, receiving their allotments, receiving their kingdom with Christ. Uh, It's a beautiful picture um, and really connects connects both Testaments. Right. Yeah, no, we... We, we saw that, I mean, we've seen this again and again, that, that Joshua really does this, uh, has this way of prefiguring the Lord. Of course, the, the name helps a lot. Um, but yeah, then it's interesting to consider Caleb too. You know, back in Numbers, I remember Caleb and, and Joshua, they, they, they kind of almost were like the same character almost when they were giving their report as the spies, right? Like, um, if I recall correctly, in that chapter of Numbers, it didn't even directly talk about what exactly Joshua himself said. It was kind of as if Caleb was speaking for both of them. They were on the same page. So, yeah, there there is, I, I don't know, may, maybe there is a way in which um, kind of both of them actually foreshadow and prefigure the Lord Jesus, perhaps um, at different at different uh, stages in the history of the church. But, but certainly they, they both 
they both foreshadow him um, typologically in that um, it's Caleb, right, who's actually of the tribe of Judah, um, the Lord's mm-hmm. tribe, uh, but it's Joshua who is the leader of the entire people um, who has the same name. So they, they do, in the, t- in the sense of patterns and types, kind of represent the Lord Jesus in different respects. Absolutely, and I love what you said about Caleb um, also representing this role in, in that he, 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 he doesn't inherit just any land, he inherits Hebron. And uh, that's right there uh, in the heart of, of Judah, um, just uh, just south of uh, Jerusalem, just just south of Bethlehem. Right. Talk about uh, association with the Messiah. Right, right, absolutely. Um, yeah, another one of these chapters that you, you need to like be visualizing the map if you don't have one in front of you uh, to really appreciate everything that's said. Not um, the crazy number of place names, um, but but a few that are definitely significant. So uh, let's go ahead. And uh, go ahead and press on and just read, not not the whole rest of the chapter straight away, um, but maybe the next paragraph or so. Um, maybe maybe not even quite, let me, I think maybe just through verse 8 or, or maybe um, verse 10. Because what, what I want to spend just a minute looking at is just the, the chronology of this, because it's not every chapter in Joshua that we get like a timeline, right? Like this isn't a, I mean, I don't know, like so many like TV series like today, there's always like a little um, like message at the, at the bottom of the screen that says like, you know, two years later or like, you know, star date, this, 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 right? <laughs> if you're a Trek fan um, or whatever the case is. But but this story, right? It doesn't really like keep track of the time necessarily as it goes on, but here here's the time. It's is kind of like deliberately giving us a timeline here. So let's just take the, this next little chunk then beginning at verse 6. Then the people of Judah came to Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God in Kadesh Barnea, concerning you and me. I was forty years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought him word again as it was in my heart. But my brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, Yet I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, just as he said, these forty-five years since the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while Israel walked in the wilderness. And now, behold, I am this day 85 years old. All right, just pausing there. It's kind of the middle of the paragraph, but I just wanted to kind of isolate the part that has to do with the time. So, you know, when I was just reviewing this, I was just like thinking again, <laughs> you mentioned uh, you're kind of aspiring to to be in such physical shape um, at this age. <laughs> uh, my goodness, right? I mean, it doesn't say exactly how old Joshua was, but you imagine that he was probably a similar age um, to Caleb. And so, you know, lest anyone be thinking that, you know, Joshua is leading everyone around in battle when he's like in his twenties or thirties. Right. Um, he, he was an, an old guy when he's like lifting up the spear, right? Remember that in the battle of I, like he lifts up the spear to give the signal. Right. I mean, he's doing all this fighting and stuff. Um, I mean, in his, uh, I mean, at the, at the, 
youngest in his 70s, um, if not his 80s, like Caleb is. And there, here's Caleb, you know, 85 years old, uh, and it breaks down the ages. So, I mean, the the timeline is, uh, it makes an impression anyway, right? Yeah, there's there's something really good in the water they're they're drinking. <laughs> <clears throat> Moses died at 120. Joshua made it to 110. But you you just can't help but uh, connect it to um, you know. I know you said we're going to get to uh, more on the blessings and being being uh, one who wholly follows. Right. But uh, all of this is just drenched in, in the grace of God. Uh, they they right. receive an inheritance and God's grace is overflowing into their lives. And um, just as um, uh, Caleb uh, demonstrated the virtue of um, bravery uh, based on his faith, and his, his heart didn't melt like, like the others did. Um, he was... Uh, he was blessed, you know. Uh, we sometimes shy away from the idea idea of reward because we right. we don't want to uh, infer imply works righteousness. Now we maintain we're justified by grace through faith alone in Christ alone, apart from the works of the law. At the same time, as we live in Christo, uh, we do in fact experience blessings from God, and and He rewards uh, that which He produces in our lives. It sounds kind of funny that He's kind of re- rewarding Himself, but we can speak that way because he desires to include us in on uh, that reward so that we benefit uh, by his grace uh, as we're rewarded for faith. Right. Right. Yeah, no, I always, um, yeah, that's, that's not too bold a thing to say. And the the thing I always use to explain it is I I look to the picture of my, my own daughters, you know, three and, and one, it's like, when I give them rewards, right. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not because like, you know, I don't know, they have like kind of like met the threshold of productivity and, you know, it's like, well, it's minimum wage. And so it's like, well, you've earned this, right? It's like, no, they, 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 they do something, you know, very simple, you know, like a small, you know, trifling thing, but it's, you know, it, it's really just a, a fatherly grace, right? It's like really just an expression of love that you're helping them to, you know, build confidence and you're, you're training them and you're praising them, right? And so you give them a reward, um, the reward aspect of it is for their sake to help them grow, right? From God's perspective, it's not a reward. It's just he's just he's just giving something to his needy children whom he dearly loves. Amen. And this is also the story of uh, Jerusalem. We know that in and of themselves, they they really couldn't earn much of anything, but God's judgment. <laughs> but but here right. here is the Lord once again blessing his people, and we. We can't, we can't thank him enough. Absolutely. So, right. And, and so we'll, we'll have a chance to develop that thought like a little bit more, but right. So just going back to the timeline really quick. So, yeah. So he's 85 years old. And as we're going to see, he's about to go into battle again, I guess. And, uh, you know, I mean, unless anyone think that this is unrealistic. Well, I mean, as you mentioned already, it's like there's the grace of God in this, right? So, I mean, we, we shouldn't be so quick. Um, to to be so critical, I suppose, but um, it, it's not really even like that otherworldly, you know. Like, um, the, of course, I don't know. The, the first thing that my mind goes to is Arnold Schwarzenegger because the guy, right, is still making Terminator movies, <laughs> and like 
and, and you know, just think about it. I mean, like the guy is more built than I am, um, but like by by far, and he's seventy two years old, right? I mean, it's just, I mean, the seventy two year old could just you know mop the floor with me, and like that's as far as I'm going to develop this this terrible uh, mental image. But like, yeah, you know, apparently uh, muscle mass uh, that does have some correlation with uh, <laughs> being able to kind of stay young physically somewhat, you know. So. Yeah, it's not unrealistic that Joshua and Caleb, although they're older, um, you know, if, if they've kind of like been just uh, like kind of fighting and, and lifting and, um, you know, enduring like this, the difficulties of this life. I mean, it's not it's not crazy to think that they would be strong, and that they would enjoy a long life. Um, you know, so much of the reason for the low life expectancy of the past was not because, um, you know, it was like impossible to, to find good food or. Uh, because they didn't take care of their bodies or, you know, they didn't have to contend with a lot of the the bad things of the environment that are going on now in our present day. It's just that, you know, like you're just so likely to be wiped out by like a disease or just die in battle or something. But if God's protected you, like you could live very long. Amen. Uh, and uh, to, to think that um, Caleb could speak this way, um, as if he were he were in in his thirties or forties uh, still, yeah. um, should uh, kind of rub off on us. Um, yeah. You know how much can the Lord continue to do in our lives as we trust in Him? Um, though um, one of our parishioners at St. Paul's uh, wasn't as physically strong as Caleb. Uh, nevertheless, when he was um, referring to uh, Pastor Herb Geisler, who uh, entered into glory not too, too long ago, uh, at 102, his mind was sharp. Yeah. He was still uh, one of my teachers. He was um, a light among us. And, right. and so when I, I, I see these things about Joshua, uh, about Joshua and Caleb, I'm encouraged, um, you know, but think of Moses. He he started his, basically his third career, his last one, in which was the most impressive one as a prophet of God, when he was 80 years old. Right. And and, and this, so I think what we're talking about, Pastor, is not just this, you know, uh, appreciation for God's providential care and preservation, but uh, even more than that, that, um, you know, the Lord... We, we, I, I think we need to back up and, 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 and appreciate that we just don't give God the credit in, in our culture. We, we start to relegate our elderly off to the side. Right. They are yet, they are less useful. At least that's the way we act in, in, with this very, very bad uh, cultural mentality. But in fact, uh, these are the ones oftentimes by the grace of God are in the best position to bless us and to show us how God continues to work and are very, very strong in the Lord. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'm inspired by these, um, by, by these examples of God's grace um, in well into uh, the, the, the latter part of life. Right. Yeah. A amen. And, you know, if, um, and, and certainly that, you know, that the, that the, elder generation has so much that they that they can contribute to the body of faith and if, if it seems like they are 
weak or frail, and perhaps they are, um, you know, it is amazing the ways that, that God can still work through that. But um, it, it should make us ask the question then, so hang on, so what are, what are we doing to our people um, that we that we just shrivel up both physically and mentally um, so so quickly? Uh, and I think that should give us some pause and, and challenge us in terms of like stewardship of mind and body that, that we take care of ourselves that that we would be in a position to serve well into our old age right uh, so amen there, there's a lot that could be said there uh, but a uh, good a good idea also uh, last thing on this chronology stuff so this is uh, helpful because it kind of helps situate what's been going on in the book of joshua so caleb says he was 40 years old right he was 40 years old when he went to go and be a spy when the spies came back and gave their report right and the 10 spies were like there's no way they have like the Anakim and all this, right? Uh, and God punishes them and says, okay, you guys are not fit and ready to go into the promised land. You're begging me that I don't take you there. So, okay, you get to live out the rest of your days in the wilderness. And so we saw in Joshua, <clears throat> in Numbers rather, that they spent those 40 years out in the wilderness then. And so he recounts it. So he's at 40 um, when he's spying out the land. They do 40 years in the wilderness. That takes him to 80 so we are left then with five years. And so apparently it's been about the last five years that all the events of Joshua have taken place. Um, all of the, you know, crossing over the Jordan River, uh, destroying the city of Jericho, the battles of uh, Bethel and Ai, the southern campaign, the northern campaign. All of this seemingly has taken place in about the span of five years, um, which, which kind of uh, helps us kind of understand exactly what was going on and kind of the pace of things thus far um i mean at least it, it seems like it's inviting us to um break things down that way and, and perhaps give us a moment of chronological reflection uh i want to ask your thoughts on that but before i do it is time for our break so everybody hang with us we're looking at joshua chapter 14 here on nice strong word we'll be right back These are the voices of young Lutherans in Mexico City, children who are excited to learn more about their Savior, Jesus. But they need our help, because good Lutheran books for kids in the Spanish language are in short supply in Mexico. To learn how you can help tell Spanish-speaking kids everywhere about Jesus in a language they can understand, go to the Lutheran Heritage Foundation website at lhfmissions.org forward slash Juan 316. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're looking at Joshua chapter 14 today, and we're joined by the Reverend Dr. Alfonso O. Espinosa, Senior Pastor of St. Paul's in Irvine, California, um, where I'm also privileged to serve. Uh, it was a, was a joy, just a beautiful day to, to be installed last, last month and to be serving uh, with the good people of St. Paul's Thank you, all you guys, for your prayers and support. We are looking at this chapter, and we've we've gotten um, already about halfway through it here in Joshua chapter 14. Um, 
but before I go any further, let me just uh, also, as I'm thinking the people of St. Paul's, make sure that I don't neglect to thank our underwriters, the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Their website is lhfmissions.org. It's, it's kind of cool that they actually have missions there in the name of their website. That's what they're all about. Um, it, it, Lutheran heritage, yes, but I mean, we have a heritage of being uh, missionaries to people. So lhfmissions.org, check out their website. Um, so yes, we, we just read through verse 10, um, and he gives this accounting of the years of his life, which I mean is noteworthy for just so many reasons. We we're just talking about it in terms of stewardship of mind and body and the value of the older generation and, and so many things, right? But, but also it does seem to actually invite us to kind of construct a timeline of what's been going on, right? So it's it's been in the last five years, I suppose, right? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, since the, uh, you, you construct, you reconstructed it very well. And, and um, you know, be, before, of course, they, they uh, crossed the border into the promised land. Um, we have that scene that you already alluded to. And Joshua and Caleb are, are spying out um, the land. And uh, that was... Um, before, of course, the, mm-hmm. all of the nation of Israel went, went into the land. So uh, uh, seven years since the time of the spying, five years since uh, the, the crossing over, so to speak. And, um, you know, okay, fine and good uh, chronology. But as you were saying, there's a lot packed into that. And, and, and one of the things is a very humbling reminder that most, uh, almost all of those contemporaries of uh, Caleb and Joshua didn't join them yeah. as they came into the land. Yes. Um, and uh, that that's a reminder that uh, we sin and, and we experience judgment for that. And even while we are um, under the umbrella of grace in Christ Jesus, thanks be to God, well, glory be to him, he still permits us to um, experience the consequences of, of rebellion. And um, there were indeed uh, strong consequences for the rebellion of, of that uh, prior generation. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, however, not obviously not everyone was cut off because here right. you have Caleb, here you have Joshua. It's testimony that that, uh, this gift of perseverance is also given to those who continue to follow the Lord. So, yeah, that chronology is important for us to consider for these reasons as well. Yes, thank you for that. It's a a sobering note, and um, it really is one that is actually reflected in the text itself. Um, I neglected to say this, but back in... Uh, this, this is this is a little bit of a dissertation interest um, in when when the pronouns actually show up uh, and, and, and where in verse six, where we have uh, Caleb coming forward to speak to Joshua. Right. And he says, mm-hmm. you know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God in Kadesh Barnea concerning you and me. Right. Um, that's an emphatic you. It's actually the first word in his sentence there in Hebrew. And. Um, thing about Hebrew grammar, you don't need the pronouns. You just leave them out usually. So when you put it there, that's like a, that's an emphasis. That's like, yeah, well, yeah, you know what the Lord said? No, no, no. It's, you know, in particular, why? <laughs> because 
in some ways, they're kind of the only two people who remember that, uh, remember hearing it with their own ears. They are the only two left. I mean, that's so sobering. It's not like a, you know, the people of Judah was this force of like, you know, uh, you know, ripped 80 year olds, just like all, all up and down. Right. It's, uh, these, these guys are the exception, extremely exceptional. You know, he says this, you know, I, I wholly follow the Lord. I mean, it was, it was, it was just him and Joshua. So, um, yeah, definitely it's, it's, um, it's, it's not like this is a, a light thing here. This is a truly exceptional blessing in the midst, as you were saying, of a really, uh, I mean, the, the just temporal punishment for sin, um, just on yeah, mass. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, th- this is not only a reward for Caleb, but it's it, in a way it's a reward for the uh, younger generation uh, that they still have Caleb around <laughs> because yeah. he, he gives them this example, this, this standard of, of faithfulness. And so how, how important are our leaders? Uh, they're vitally important. Uh, so for uh, the people of God to witness this um, is uh, to be in a position to be blessed through this leadership um, and this example. Right. They, they have been blessed to be a blessing. They're fit to serve and bless others. Um, it's not just that they get this, uh, reward and, and earlier you, you were, you had a good healthy reminder that, you know, when we talk about this reward thing, it's not works righteousness, neither is it like gospel of prosperity. Like, you know, if you do all this stuff, follow these rules, then you get to enjoy all this stuff, right? When God blesses and rewards, right? I mean, it really is to bless others, um, is a, you know, very good perspective to maintain. So, I mean, as we talked about last week, you know, often as we progress in our journey of faith, God allows temptations and trials to, to take place, and He allows, um, you know, some some no uh, to come out of His mouth when He's addressing our prayers. Uh, but when He does say yes, I mean, it really is um, to to bless the rest of the people that He's put in our lives. And so, uh, there, back in uh, going back to verse four again that emphatic language, you know, you know what the Lord said. Um, and then, you know, even though the ESV puts some um, in Kadesh Barnea first, um, concerning you and me is the is actually the first phrase there in Hebrew. So it really is, you know, it's fine the way it's uh, translated. You just have to like, I don't know, like put them in like small caps or bold or something. So it's like, you know, you know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God in Kadesh Barnea concerning you and me. Right. I mean, they, they truly are exceptional and they are a tremendous blessing to the people of God as they are led um, in, in the midst of some really scary stuff. When I hear that, um, you know, Caleb is, is going back to that original testimony by, by saying that, uh, pointing to Joshua, who also received that original testimony from the man of God, Moses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is the way we should speak. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah. the, the word of the Lord says, um, you know, and, and we all know in the church um, because God's word is with us. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, so speaking of, you know, this confidence, this reliance on the word of God, I want to read just now two verses because, um, well, honestly, the way that I read it, and I was just kind of looking at the way that the words are in our English translation and then checking in the Hebrew, I'm sort of like, well, hang on, what's, what exactly is is meant there? So um, Caleb, you know, 
he has this statement, you know, I'm still as strong today as I was. Um, actually, that's what we're about to read. He says, you know, I'm, I'm 85 years old today, looking back on things. Mm -hmm. So now he's kind of mm -hmm. looking forward, right? And in, in these two verses, 11 and 12, he has some really interesting things to say to Joshua. So let's take a look at what Caleb says. Verse 11. I'm still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. My strength now is as my strength was then, for war and for going and coming. So now give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day how the Anakim were there with great fortified cities. It may be that the Lord will be with me, and I shall drive them out just as the Lord said. All right. So just lots of things going on in the statement here. So, I mean, he's saying, you know, he's he's not just, you know, um, been, been blessed to live this long, but he, he is strong. Like his strength is, um, you know, I, of course, I mean, you know, I, I don't think we need to read this like, you know, super literalistically, like, you know, he could like bench exactly as many pounds as, as he could 45 years ago. But the point being, right, like he generally is still like quite fit and ready for battle, um, like of the same like tier anyway. And in verse 12, um, he, here he is, this bold move. He wants to be given the go-ahead by Joshua to go ahead and march against the Anakim, like these these big giant people, the, the ones that we were all scared about in, in numbers. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to go do this. Um, I'm 85 years old, but, you know, like God is... Uh, God's given me the strength. And so what's interesting is, okay, this is this is the plan. This is what he wants to do. And then he goes and he says, um, it may be that the Lord will be with me, right? Um, which I, I don't know. Like I was just looking at that translation, just kind of scratching my head and thinking about it. Like it, it sounds kind of like doubtful or something, right? Like it's like, what, well, of course, Caleb, the Lord is with you, right? Like why are you like doubting that? So it seems kind of odd to have on the lips of the one who has wholly trusted um, the Lord. So what do you, I don't know, what do you make of that? The language here of his plan, his intention here, the things that Caleb is saying. Well, um, I, um, I, I think 11 helps us. And I, I, I don't know, you, you know the language better than I do, but I, I, I think that it, it might be the case that not only is it appropriate to talk about God's blessing upon him physically and, and, and still being physically strong, but I, I think there's another reference to his strength. The, the, I think he, I think he can, he can say literally, literally, that he is as strong today as he was before because his his strength is the same strength. It's it's God. God is his strength ultimately. And and because because he knows that God is his strength ultimately, he is he is in a he's in a win win situation. This is what what I think anyway. But mm -hmm. when he goes into uh verse twelve, uh he does go into verse twelve completely confidently. <laughs> he knows that God his strength is going to bless him. And in fact he already has and he will continue to do so. Now, exactly how that translates is is a is another matter, you know. Uh, the the Lord in blessing him and being a strength might result in a certain way, but it might not. But in a way, it doesn't matter. 
because the Lord is still his strength leading the way. Right. Yeah, no, I, I think I think you've set it up the right way that even though he uses this kind of um, kind of like hypothetical, uncertain construction, like it may be right. It's not on account of any lack of faith. Um, and this is something that when we take a st- step back and look at other things that have been said in Scripture, like we think of uh, Daniel, right? And the big example that we were looking at in Daniel, if you recall, when Daniel's friends have all been brought before Nebuchadnezzar, and there's the whole thing with the golden image and being thrown into the fiery furnace. It's so interesting what they say, right? right. They say, well, you know what? Like, you know, maybe our God uh, lets you kill us, but, uh, you know, he, he may well not. Um, and so we don't have to give you an answer, right? I mean, isn't that something no. that really picked, I mean, I think I feel like that really encapsulates it, right? Because they're like, well, you know, maybe God saves us, maybe he doesn't. Um, whether he does or not, though, is immaterial. We'll, we believe he can, and so we are resolved, whether or not he chooses to use that power to save us, to uh, stay faithful to him and not bow down to you, right? So it's, I mean, it really, really, it, uh, when you read it the right way, it, it actually shows the confidence that he has, because Caleb's mm. saying, like, look, God promised to give me this land, so I'm going for it, man. I, I don't, it doesn't matter if I'm 85 <laughs> years old. He promised to give it to me, so I'm going. And, you know, like, yeah. you know, maybe he will actually be with me, or maybe he won't. I, I mean, I, I feel like really what we should take away is that is humility. You know, this is like, you know, saying, like, if the Lord wills, right? You know, yeah, yeah. Dale Valente, right? This is this is that, you know, you know what? Well, I, I don't know. Maybe there is some sin uh, in my life or the sin of someone in my command. And for that reason, we're going to have to forfeit the promise that God made us, right? I mean, there's humility here to understand that God has the right um, to, to take back these promises, not that he is being inconsistent, but that he has the right to punish us for our inconsistencies yeah. and our faithlessness. So I, I believe yeah. the right way to read this, you know, it may be, is that it's, it's, just, um, it's just humility, um, and, and really, in, in many ways, it just highlights the confidence he has. I couldn't agree with you more. I think, I think your, your reference uh, comparison to Daniel is fantastic. And uh, as you were, as you were uh, reminding us of that reference, I was, I was uh, thinking of Paul, you know, what, whether we live or die, we, we're the Lord's. <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, cert- certainly. So, yeah, so that, that um, so it is true that, like, you know, I'm not saying that the ESV is like like way way off with the way it's translated. It's um, I mean, I mean that that word there it does kind of mean like maybe, what if, perhaps. Um, I mean, you know, um, it, it's, I mean, it's uh, it, it's kind of like the sense of you know whether or not the Lord, you know, uh, chooses to be with me. Like it's my intention to drive these guys out, um, or or kind of a, another way of putting it, you know, like you know if. If, if the Lord wills, um, then then I know I will drive them out according to his promise, right? So um, there, yeah. there is like the, the humility, the uncertainty of humility, yep. but but just in the context of confidence and faith. We, we perpetuate this liturgically in our prayers when we use the word might. Yeah. 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 True. True. So, all right. So a lot, a lot of good things there. Let's go ahead now. And we still have, while well, we still have some good time here, um, we have the last few verses here. This is the last three verses. Um, and, and there's just a lot 
there's a lot going on here. Here's here's Caleb's request, right? This this faithful request, this intention to go and just seize hold of the inheritance that has been promised to him and his people, right? Doesn't matter if there's giants there, he's going for it, right? Doesn't matter if the odds are seemingly against this 85-year-old. His strength, as you said, ultimately is not in um, you know, his his max numbers on the bench press. It is um, the fact that he has God who's behind him. So his confidence is the same place it has been this whole time, um, even 45 years ago when he was sent out as a spy. So here we are, the statement of confidence, this request of Caleb, and this is Joshua's response in verse 13. Then Joshua blessed him, and he gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, for an inheritance. Therefore, Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, to this day because he wholly followed the Lord, the God of Israel. Now, the name of Hebron formerly was Kiriath Arba. Arba was the greatest man among the Anakim, and the land had rest from war. All right, so really, I mean, just this is a very interesting conclusion for a lot of reasons. Um, one of the maybe less obvious ones, it doesn't actually have an account of the battle, right? It doesn't actually say, like, and then, you know, Caleb marched again. I mean, you would have thought that this battle with like the, the Anakim, right, would have been noteworthy, <laughs> the stuff that you'd mm -hmm. want to like write a story about. But it's, it's just not mentioned, right? It's just kind of like, and of course, Caleb totally decimated them. So we're not going to bother telling the story. So, I mean, just that's kind of interesting by itself. Um, but but then, right, um, the, the just the description here about, you know, this, the emphasis on inheritance, uh, continuity, um, again, the narrator actually now says he wholly followed the Lord, right? So this isn't even just, you know, uh, what was, what was said by different people in the past, but this is just kind of presented. It's like, this is just, this is just the truth objectively. Um, and, and then finally this, this uh, comment on the land had rest from war. So a lot of things going on here. I'll let you pick what we want to talk about first. Well, yeah, so, so many thoughts. We we know that, in, in fact, uh, he, he was victorious. And, and even though some of those giants got away because they would, at least some of them would pop up later down the road with, for example, with David, he was right. victorious in terms of uh, his allotted land. And, um, and uh, you know, as as we see that, uh, this this echo, uh, we the holy follow the Lord, it, it appears, if I'm counting right, it appears three times in in this chapter, right? And um, you know, I, I like to I like to back up and just kind of soak that in because th th this is not to say that that Caleb was without sin. Um, right. You know, sure, surely he, like the rest of us, was was born in in iniquity. Um, but the 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 point is that uh, he. He kept the word, I think, true to the meaning of, of um, the commandments. Uh, the, the first commandment is keeping before you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as far as your 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 moral achievement, it, it may not be perfect. In fact, it won't be because you're seemingly used to Sepulchre. But what is true of Caleb is the word was always before him, and he kept it before him. Um, and, and this is true to Joshua's uh um, one of the key themes of you know going neither to the left nor to the right to the right, and so here here is this um, 
wonderful uh, description of the blessing that we've been describing. What, what does it look like in terms of the life? The description of the one who is blessed, better said, what does that look like? Well, it means you're, you're wholly following. What does that mean? It means that the Word of God is always before you. You are always pointing to Christ. You are always, you always have the cross before you. And as you live that way, you will continue to be blessed. And and, and so Joshua, you know, make make no make no mistake about it. Caleb is blessed because the text comes right out and says Joshua blessed him. Yep. And this word, I think the word is about Barak, right? Yep. Yep. Um, to 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 bestow ability for success is what it means. And uh, you're you know as you keep the Lord before you and his word before you, you're going to succeed. <laughs> you know? right. And, uh, and so he did, he, he experienced right. it. Uh, he, he inherited Hebron, this, this hot piece of property in Judah. <laughs> and um, he, it was this, this foreshadowing of, of the Messiah and, and he experienced blessing and success. And of course, to, to wrap up in terms of what I see, this is a major theme, and it's too bad we didn't get to it last week, but you, you can't get to everything. But this idea of inheriting the land and then knowing rest are, are, mm-hmm. are just inextricably linked here. When you experience the inheritance of the Lord and you are where he wants you to be and you remain in where he wants you to be, for us it's, it's the Holy Church receiving the word and the sacrament. What do we get? We get Christ, we get rest, we're at peace right. with God. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. It's, uh, yeah, it's, you can only talk about so many things, but we saw that last, it, in the text last week, um, and it's pretty much the exact same um, expression there, this this word, uh, you know, rest used. I mean, interestingly, you know, as, as uh predication of the land right um which is interesting it's not you know the people knew rest or you know joshua knew rest but the land right and we did talk about a little bit last time you know the note about how god um allowed joshua and the israelites to capture the cities that were like up on hills these defensive positions um you know practically you kind of just have to take those cities because if you don't, someone else is going to try and it's going to be really hard to maintain uh, your control of, of the place if you don't have those spots, right? But as you were saying, I really liked what you brought up last week was that, you know, this is God allowing Joshua to use the natural things which the creator himself has made, right, in the defense of the creator's good gifts, right? And so you you see it here, right? I mean, when the Lord blesses um, because there is that word, it's that word of blessing, the same kind of word that's used like of, you know, blessing Abraham or, um, you know, Jacob being blessed, right, or, or any of the rest, right? Um, so he is blessed, and when he is blessed, the land itself is blessed, right? I mean, like, mm-hmm. and and that's just something that's so profound that, you know, as as both of these guys, um, in, different, in different ways, um, uh, foreshadow and prefigure our Lord Jesus, you know, when our, when our Lord is blessed, right, and he is given resurrection, right, on, on the day of Easter, you know, there is a sense where the land participates in that blessing because, you know, at the final resurrection, it's not just all the people who are resurrected, but the, the land, like the earth is resurrected, 
you know, it, it's remade. I mean, that's, it's remade, not in the sense of, you know, God throws away the old one was like, oh, that one wasn't really good. That was just a rough draft. Here's a new one. Right. But, but no, like the land itself undergoes resurrection and participates in the, the rest. So these, these blessings are, are contagious and comprehensive because they, they come from the creator himself. I'd like to encourage your your listeners, Pastor, that uh, as as they anticipate the, the beautiful, uh, I'm connected to the beautiful description you just provided the, the new heaven and and the new earth. And you're you're right; it, it, it's not annihilation of of the old uh, being replaced, but it's it's a renovation. Uh, just as our bodies, the very ones that are buried, will will be renovated, will be raised. Um, but want to encourage your your your, your listeners that. Every time they go to divine service, uh, go to the Holy Mass and, and receive the body and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, they are receiving the resurrection and the life even now um, as they look forward to the not yet when it will be fully manifest. Right. That, that's right. When we, when we do gather around the table of our Lord and his word, we are getting a taste of the feast to come and we're, we experience a little bit of the peace and the rest, right, that we will um, one day experience fully. So, um, yeah, yeah. The, the now and not yet tension, but so many good things, right? Short chapter, but all out of time already. Um, thank you so much. I'm glad that you could come back, uh, twice in the span of two weeks here. All right. Get after that book. I'm looking forward to reading it when, when, when it comes out, um, that, that, Me when, too. that faith that engages the culture and, uh, yeah. And look forward to talking to you, uh, on the air when you come on the other side of that. Thank you, son. Thanks, Dad. Everybody, uh, Reverend Dr. Alfonso O. Espinosa, Senior Pastor at St. Paul's in Irvine, California. Thanks for joining us today. Moving on to Joshua chapter 15. So more about the people of Judah, of course, the tribe of our Lord Jesus himself. Until next time, everybody, I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. Peace. You've been listening to Thy Strong Word. Produced by the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate Office of National Mission in cooperation with Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at KFUO.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Thy Strong Word.